And we're live. Welcome to Don't Be Coy. I'm your host, Uncle Lou. And today I have the honor, pleasure, and the utmost appreciation to have with me today, Mr. Marvin Dale. Marvin, thank you for being on the show. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, bro. Thank you for inviting me, man. <laughs> How was your previous week? Any takeaways? Man, my previous week was very busy. And the takeaway was, don't put off for tomorrow what you could do today. <laughs> <laughs> My, yeah, that was my week. I have a new goal this upcoming week is to not get up at 5 a.m. and have to do any reading before class. So I want all of my stuff done yeah. ahead of time, planning ahead and being just a super efficient adult in that way. That's <laughs> no, I totally understand that, man. For the people at home, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? No problem, bro. So I'm Marvin Dale Jr. People call me Marvin Dale, not Marvin. I don't know why people have always called me on my first and last name. I'm from Sugar Lake, Mississippi, small town guy. I actually didn't know how small town I was until I just moved, but I went to Tougaloo and I majored in English. After Tougaloo, I worked a few years in public health down at Jackson Hines Comprehensive Health Center where I developed and coordinated numerous social outreach programs for the community. And now I'm here in law school, chasing that dream. So that's a little bit about, me. oh, I like to sing and cook, <laughs> but I only cook old food. I don't do that fancy stuff. Nice, thank you for that, man. Just to get us started and just give a little background, an overview of the show. As you may know, this is season two of Don't Be Coy, focusing in on moments of transformation. And so just over the course of just our conversation today, I really want to just ask you a series of questions representing like the past, present and future, and then just see how these questions aligned with like your life and how they, how you just navigated those moments of transformation for yourself. So if you ready, I'm ready. All right. What's your favorite song to start your day to? At this current moment, I've been starting my Day with Alien Superstar. I just love the song. Of course, he, I'm a part of the Hive has been since you met me. Uh, <laughs> but this song is just like all of her songs. And, and lately, I had this discography, have you said. It's just motivating and uplifting. Uh, just like we talked about being in a, this new space that's a different culture, different uh, people of different races, backgrounds, especially, whom many of them have some type of advantage the song is just motivating. She just pops her shit in the song. <laughs> so it, it just, I'm too classy for this world. It's just, it's something to wake up to and just get you in the mood that you're about to just conquer, conquer the day, conquer everything. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally right. feel that. And I appreciate you making that connection and just sharing that how the song adds value to your life by saying like how it adds that kind of motivating factor. We all essentially need that sometimes. Yes. As you mentioned, as you, you're starting a new chapter. And so I'm curious for you, man, like when you say that the song speaks to you for like motivation and things of that nature, how do you use that kind of energy to um, whatever hurdles that you're going through? Yes, I'm just gonna be very specific. The song, it starts out, she says, I'm number one, I'm one of one and I'm the only one. So. I, sometimes I feel imposter syndrome. You know what I'm saying? She goes on to say, don't even waste your time trying to compete with me. There's no one that can think like me beyond it. Like I said, just being her popping her shit. It, 
for me, well, I guess what it affirms in this environment is that I bring something valuable and unique that nobody else in this room gives. Nobody else in this room is black from the South. Nobody else in this room has the cultural experiences I have, the life experiences I have, the adverse experiences I have. And that make that that sets me apart in a can be a good way. That's my advantage. You know what I'm saying? I have that over them, that I have certain experiences. So I think I specifically use Alien Superstar, that entire album, and Beyonce's entire theme of blackness just put her blackness at the forefront of an industry that that's not what equates to success, but her like just defying that being so black lately. I think that's why I'm just connecting with her music in this space because yeah. her music lately has been about defying the bondage that you can feel in white spaces and in white industries and just appreciating your black art and your black culture as American, not just a sub-American culture. That's why I think I'm very listening to Renaissance when I wake up, but specifically Alien Superstar when it first comes home. It gets me going and I feel unstoppable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And I... <laughs> Like I say, I really appreciate the point that you bring up around the uniqueness of your perspective. And I think that's why a lot of people resonate is because it is true, right? Like we all have unique experiences that we can bring to any kind of table that will be beneficial to or add value to whatever that industry is. And I'm curious, man, like if you don't mind sharing background and foundation, because I think what's really interesting is like how you are viewing that as an asset. Oh, one thing that I'm realizing, Melvin, is that you can't not use your background to an advantage and be, su be successful. It's something you have to mobilize as a tool. You know what I'm saying? I, what motivates me about my background and my idea, I grew up, I had adverse experiences. There's so many words now that substitutes for without money. But I had, I grew up, I would say I had an adverse, a lot of adverse experiences in my childhood. And that, I use that to my motivation now because simply mailed them. If I don't achieve in the desired field that I'm trying to achieve being, I fear that there will be never anybody in these fields to identify with students like me who may come after me. What I'm saying, mm -hmm. feel like I know, I'll give you an example. I told you I worked at Jackson Highs and I, Jackson Highs is a place that has many resources for the public, specifically working class citizens who can't afford health insurance or suffer with food insecurity and things like that. What I did, that a lot of people around the table were making important decisions about the citizens' access to food the citizens' access to shelter, the citizens' access to transportation. A lot of these people had never been hungry a day in their life. Mm -hmm. were third and fourth generation doctors. They had never needed a ride a day in their life. They had never, they were making decisions for a class based off assumption generally, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's why my experiences are so valuable. In that moment, I would be able to step in and say, nah, that's not how it is. In the hood, ain't nobody gonna come to this place. First, the barrier is not just the ride. The barrier is also calling a ride. They might not even have a cell phone. Or if they do have a cell phone, not, it might not be on. That was my value. My value was telling them this is how it really is because I, I've been through a lot of the things that working class Americans have been through. Even in, with this law school journey in the criminal system, we discuss certain things and I can see that clearly 
that even the criminal system laws are created by the wealth. So they're created from a point of view that works against the effects of poverty and what that has on people's probability to commit a crime. So that is basically why, you know what I'm saying, that motivates me, that makes me say, oh, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go to the next level. If I become an attorney, I become a judge, I will know. I'll be able to understand the difference between a young man who has a criminal record because doesn't have parents to pay off his traffic tickets in college and they build up and he gets pulled over and he's getting arrested for failure to appear in court and he's accumulated a criminal record due to being an independent student and being a first-generation student. I'll know the difference between that situation and a student who is just breaking the law or a man who is being irresponsible, who has the means to pay his tickets and not. So I feel like it's so important that First-generation, working-class students, they achieve. It's important that they achieve in higher education and in all these industries. And using, I always use my experiences and spaces to advocate for people who generationally have not been able to have a voice at the table because there's always been a barrier, you know what I'm saying? So that, that's the thing about it. It's Issa Rae, she's rule for everybody Black. I'm rule for everybody Black and first generation. And I've been saying that for a while. That's like my, that's my theme. I don't want to just jump the gun. I want to stay on this question that you asked me, but that's my, I have a passion project that I'm working on that deals with first generation. And it's just a scholarship program, but that's it, man. Just be telling my story or giving insight to what it's really like to have a parent that maybe one is a felon and the other makes less than minimal wage. What does it look like in their household? What's realistic for them and what's not realistic for them as far as policy, as far as resources? What? And I think that's my value. That though, That's why my experiences are valuable. I was good at telling the administration set my last job what was ridiculous when it came to serving, you know, the working class. And some, sometimes that's the thing, bro. And I can go on and on about this topic. You're going to have to stop me on this one. I'm saying that's the thing about it. It's, uh, it's so many things that are designed to help, right? But these things are blind to the first steps of the help is still inaccessible. I think until people extent, uh, understand the full extent of living in poverty and the uh, Nobody's making an excuse. Poor people aren't making an excuse. They aren't being lazy. They aren't choosing not to do certain things. A big debate I had with a friend of a different, same race, but different class group. They can get the intersectionality of that is crazy also. But I had a conversation with somebody who didn't understand why it was voter intimidation and voter suppression when the state required everybody to have a state ID. Oh, yeah. I, I had that. to, yeah, and I had to tell that friend, like, bro, Hood, nobody got no state IDs. First of all, the, the ID office is three hours away. I remember to certain, certain stuff would happen in my childhood where my parents or my aunts or they would need an ID and they would have to, it would be just so much to drive three hours. You got to get somebody to take you. A lot of family working class families don't have a vehicle. That's the reality of it. Uh, yeah. Or families that live, live below the poverty line. You have to pay for it. You have to have somebody travel there. That's been, it's a barrier. It's a, so generally, bro, I think that people don't understand people who have my background. I think that the world has been designed by people who don't 
have those experiences. So that's how I use my background as a tool in different spaces that I'm out, that I'm in. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. And I think that's beautiful, especially as how we began this conversation and like asking what's a song that you can start your day to, or like a theme song. And you speak about mm -hmm. like alien superstar and you speak about how that song is just motivating in the sense of identifying and appreciating one's own uniqueness and like owning that. And like turning mm -hmm. that into a, a power and turning that into a source of fuel and like truly thriving off of it. And so I'm curious around within this kind of present tense and how you're taking it day by day, how mm -hmm. are you engaging in your day or your weeks presently so that, you know, that motivation that you have, that goal that you have, it's not wavered or finished by essentially the frontier work? Bro, I have my good days and I have my bad days. On the worst days, certain things can happen and you can think, what's the fucking point? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You can be like, this is never gonna work. One thing I do, and this is kind of <laughs> a cliche answer, but one thing I do is I just think about, honestly, the people that are rooting for me in this goal or the people that are rooting for me day to day I have nieces and I'm always trying to set an example for them. So finish what you start or don't give up things like this. And my parents also who are very engaged in what I'm doing and they call me every day. And so those are the things when I see that other people believe in me, it makes me know that what I'm doing is worth it. Yeah. But like I said, there are good days and there are bad days. I mean, the other day we were in torts class and I was on a high this week. I'm telling you, this was a good week up until this point. I was feeling like that cultural barrier was breaking down between me and some of my classmates and we were having less critic stages. It was like, well, I was becoming really, everything was going smooth. But the case that we had to read, it was the first racial case of the semester. <laughs> and in the case, a black girl sued her white teacher for saying the N-word in instruction. That's what he did. Another student asked, would it be offensive to call a Hispanic student a certain racial slur? And the student responded by saying, would it be offensive to call said student a nigger? And so everybody gasped in the class, right? The student sued. The court didn't grant her the damages she was seeking. The reason that they didn't grant her the damages she was seeking because of the teacher's intent. It was a classroom setting. Another student asked a question. As offensive as his answer may have been, he asked her a question for another student. So on a technicality, she can recover mm. for intentional affliction of emotional distress. The professor naturally asked us, why don't you think they gave her the money? I, the reason that they didn't give her the money was what I just said. Yeah. There's one student who raised his hand and goes, because you can't recover for IED based off a word. It's just a word. People can say the words that they want to say. This, this is America. Racist shit happens every day. People say the words they want to say. You can't go to court as a black person and see somebody over a word. Now that answer was completely wrong. And it also came from somebody who I had been getting acquainted with and so presented with the situation where this is somebody who I had been liking, but now can I still like them after there's this difference in view? You know what I'm saying? Right here, right now, how do I still feel secure in this environment, this environment, what I thought it was? I did say something in response to him. I wasn't very combative, but I just 
clarified that that's not the reason that she didn't get the money, bro. <laughs> I said she, the court agreed with her that it, they thought that it actually may have been racist. They thought that it was outrageous and ridiculous, and they thought that he was a bad teacher for saying it. But she didn't get the money technically because it was during instruction. And the, the his statement that he said was an answer to a question. The court said nothing about words don't matter. The court said nothing about black people shouldn't be able to go to court and sue for a word. I said, the court didn't say, that's not an opinion that we read. That's something that you inserted into the opinion. And the professor agreed. After that, while I had been on a high for four days straight, all of a sudden now, I was right, I'm like, oh shit, these people are racist. You know what I'm saying? It was like, this is somebody who speaks to me every day. But according to his answer in class, does not think that the word nigger is such a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when, and th those moments are discouraging, but like I said, it kicks me into almost war mode. I don't know about to get in trouble behind this. You know what I'm saying? We both Greek, we both black. I, I use the same mindset of online. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I use the same mindset. This is, I, that's how I sometimes I look at my day-to-day -day struggles when it comes to the, what I'm going through right now specifically. Yeah. It's online. This is a test. This is all it is. It's a test of composure. It's a test of emotional maturity. It's a test of endurance. And what would Beyonce do? I asked myself that also. <laughs> and Beyonce would not drop out of law school. I tell you, she would not leave her environment due to challenges. You watch Beyonce documentaries where she, the last one at Coachella, where she just had surgery and she worked her way back up from surgery. She went on this 100-day diet and she worked out every day three times a day. Just tying all it back into why her music is also motivating and why this theme is also, it keeps me going because you know that it's about, as the Black person, sometimes you've got to work harder, but that's a part of it. You have to work hard to, you have to be online, bro. And so stuff like that, when it happens, I look at it like, uh, that was a challenge. It had me down for a while, but today I'm going to get up and go to class. I'm going to get up and now I got to show enough comeback on my shit because I got to be ready in case I had to correct somebody else about so. Out of that, it motivates me at the same time. It certain stuff set me back or hurt my feelings or discouraged me for a moment, but I just don't let those that persist and push forward because I know, you know what I'm saying, it's a bigger picture. Yeah. And I'm doing this for a bigger purpose than just myself. I really am. This is yeah. It's not really about me. Yeah. No, I totally understand that, man. And it's <laughs> it's funny that what you say about it's like being online because you know, for me like that was the kind of mentality that I had when I was in grad school and like even similar to the kind of mentality that I have now. I think it's really interesting as I even reflect on that kind of experience and the not necessarily the activities that took part, but like more so the kind of mental spaces that I was in. We were talking about earlier with balancing and scheduling and like prioritizing things like getting yourself into essentially a routine. And that being online for me was the first biggest shift into a routine that I could ever have, right? Yeah, obviously, um, before that, have routines of going to school, whatever your life consisted of, you did that on a regular basis or whatever, and you knew what that groove was like. Then you go to college and then you get used to it, but it's essentially still school, right? But this was like a first real like extracurricular it's like a first real like side hustle and like learning and building that 
like kind of muscle and like the spaces of embarking on something new where you have something that essentially you have to invest into it you have it can be draining it can be physically draining all of these different aspects but at the end of the day like you come out of it like with two things right because of whatever that time frame was like you knew that essentially you wouldn't be online forever and like eventually you would get off and similarly like you're having those same experiences with law school and i'm curious right now what is it that you feel like you're online for this <laughs> so i feel like i'm online right now for access and that's basically the same thing right when you're online for greek you want access into the fraternity in America, I feel like I'm, that's what degrees give you, but not gonna just praise getting degrees as like this great equalizer, but I do think that degree can give to citizens specifically from families who, like I said, first generation families access. I feel like in order for me to compete at a disadvantage of JD is something that could at least get my voice heard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a bachelor's, you know what I'm saying? It could get me in the rooms I need to be in to campaign for the things that I need. So that's what I feel like. And that's why I push forward when I'm facing adversity in the same way with the fraternity. Like you said, you knew that you were getting off. I know that I'm getting off and I look at all of my challenges that way. Yeah outside of academic challenges, social challenges, even fi financial challenges. I'm like, don't let anything scare you. It's it's gonna work out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you go be done one day. And right now I'm putting myself in different ways through stuff like we have the pro bono clinic. So I wanna be a big part of the pro bono clinic here. And the pro bono clinic actually does the kind of work that I'm passionate about, right? We help citizens who are disadvantaged with legal representation. And that's a big thing because citizens, working class citizens are being cheated in so many areas that they're so unaware. That's what being in this profession has taught me that a lot of our educational thing when it comes to disadvantaged citizens, a lot of them are unaware of so many resources on this community board in Jackson called the All of Us Research Outreach Program. And saying that to say, just like across fields, there's just this lack of education um, about resources and about how to get stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so now I kind of involve myself with that. That is the, that's the bulk of my community engagement, organizations that teach people how to get stuff, how to connect them with different resources and not only how to get things, but how to learn so that it can be self-sufficient. I'm in a maternal health group, just a ton of things that I'm very passionate about and very involved with the high maternal mortality rate in the Black community and how safe sleep practices, simple things can prevent it. So I just involve myself in organizations and groups and projects that, that are education-based. I'm also kind of on the political side. I was on the candidate of the DA, Jody Owens, and I played a, a big role in his candidate with young adult engagement. And 
because of smart justice and his initiative in Jackson to not give harsh sentences. That's a big thing for Mississippi in the capital city. So that's what it is, right? Like right now, it's very important. And I'm glad you asked this question because that's something that I think that it's important for everybody to realize. You have to be doing something right now, right? To set you up to be in the position that you want to be in to help people. Yeah, we totally understand, man. I really appreciate just like you just taking out the time today, man, and just sitting down with me and just catching up and chopping it up a little bit. I really appreciate you sharing your journey and how it's been beneficial to you, man. It's been really beautiful. Yes, bro. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate being on the show. Like I said, I just go all day talking about these things, bro. Just brother to brother because I think that these conversations are so important and they are motivating. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast and just talk about and to offer my perspective. And also, I just want to say, holla out that first-generation students need grace. I'm so first-generation right now because I'm honestly seeing how it's having such an effect on me, even as an adult male. I, even 29-year-old man, I'm my my working class background is still being a barrier in many ways. And so I'm glad that I could share that. And I want anybody to listen, anybody listening to just, I guess that's a, that's not one of the most popular causes right now, but I think more people should donate to, look into and fund and promote programs or first-generation students at the undergraduate, graduate, and professional school levels, period. It's very hard for us. Of course. If you don't mind, man, I have some lightning round questions that I do on every show, and I'll run through those with you real quickly, and we'll go from there. All right. Do you prefer texting, talking, or video chats? Talking. I love it. I love it. What or who inspires you and why? Now I've been drawing a lot of inspiration from my paternal grandmother, who she's passed away in 2018, but that's my, she's my current inspo muse because just because of her strength storytelling and because of how I think she just taught such, taught me so many complex concepts, but by the most simple means, right? She didn't have this fancy education and stuff like that, but just lifelong lessons, things that she taught me that are standing true to this day and still guiding me. So that's why she's my inspiration. Nice. I love that, man. That's really beautiful. And then lastly, on a scale from one to 10, how good are you at keeping secrets? A nine. <laughs> now, that's probably horrible because everybody should be a 10 at keeping secrets. But... <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. Man, once again, I really appreciate you being on the show, and I, I hope you have a great rest of your day. All right, bro. I hope you have an awesome day, too. Hit me up later on. This has been another episode of Don't Be Coy with Uncle Lou. As always, I'd like to thank this episode's guest for a great conversation, as well as thank you, the listener, for joining in. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular, I always appreciate your support. If you like today's episode and ever want to listen to more, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And to join our community and access future bonus content, be sure to visit dbkpodcast.com.